Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 12 of the Sunday Vibe Reset. How are you Alex? I am doing wonderfully. I feel so free now. I've got like, I can do anything. I've got so much time. Excellent to hear. What about, what about people around the world? Have they used their own free time to bring us some weird stories? I like how that was phrased as if everyone's been doing exams everywhere in the world and it's just ended, which is sort of how it feels, but not quite. Um, but yeah, we can have a little look at a few of the things that are happening. Of course, this week, very major Biden news. Um, however, we're not going to talk about some of the Bidens. We're going to talk about major Biden, who is now first dog, having had his inauguration, which is an excellent sentence. So, yeah. The Bidens have two dogs, and one is now officially first dog, which makes me feel really sorry for Champ, Champ <laughs> Biden. What did he do? What's wrong with this dog? You're actually telling one of my good news of the week, because... I've um, stolen your news. <laughs> you have, <laughs> because, what I, well, I don't know if you knew that, but what happened during Major's inauguration is that they raised over £146,000 for dog shelters charities. So many, so many nice things about this. I mean, a dog gets to have a nice day. Uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure he got something, some sort of cake. Very happy with himself. Yeah, <laughs> and good for the other dogs. What an excellent dog, and it's a rescue one as well. Yeah, rescue dogs. First uh, rescue yeah. dog at the White House. Yeah, but that's not actually my favourite animal of the week. Shockingly, oh. that has to definitely go go down under to a surfing duck spotted catching waves in Australia. <laughs> and when I read that, I thought, oh, so what's happened here is like a duck has gone out to sea and then a wave has hit it and it sort of looked a bit like it's surfing. And I thought, that's quite cute. I could talk about that. No, it's so much better. <laughs> this duck is trained. This duck knows how to surf. That's quite clever. Someone should teach a duck to surf. But no, even more, <laughs> this duck has... Like, it's, it's aware of what surfing is. Apparently, whenever it's owners... Oh, yeah, it's a domestic duck, of course. Classic. Uh, yeah, I know. We know what those domestic ducks are like, don't we? <laughs> Apparently, it's owners, whenever they put on sun cream, uh, which surely is every day in Australia, it gets really excited because it knows that means we're going to the beach and you get to do some surfing. <laughs> it just seems so pure. That's so wholesome. Thing. You can find videos of the surfing duck like on the Gold Coast amongst all of the like human surfers. But we know with ducks famously coming first and anyone who says otherwise is wrong, the egg. And it's been an excellent week for eggs. Did you just say an excellent? I of course did, yes. Wonderful. Go on. I, I've said some bad things on this show, uh, but that wasn't one of them. That was a good thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, an egg has now set a, a, a record. Um, we don't normally get records from eggs. They normally, you know, come later in life. But yeah, an egg has set a record in the auction for being sold for more than £17,000. Wow. Which is mental. And then this isn't even a fresh egg. This is a cream egg from 1983. <laughs> so 40-year-old egg that is encrusted with 22 karat gold what um yes yes someone made a cream egg out of gold why 
I don't have the answers to all of these questions. <laughs> Sometimes things just happen. That's that's how the world works. But there's 12 of them. They didn't just do one. There are 12 of these. There's a dozen oh eggs God. made of gold in the world. But also, like, it's a cream egg. Can, do you reckon you could still eat it? How long does chocolate last? Mm, that's actually quite the question because, you know, like, I guess it depends on, like, how much stuff they add to the pure chocolate because I reckon chocolate can go on for a long time, but mm. surely they've put some stuff to, like, preserve it as well. You'd hope so because otherwise you're not really buying an egg, are you? Like, this is quite deep, actually. At what point does a cream egg stop being a cream egg and become gold in the shape of a cream egg how about you just go to your nearest supermarket buy some cream eggs and keep them for 40 years and let us know if you think their value has increased yeah well that's a wonderful experiment um it's probably um, better than not showering or not wearing socks yeah well we've done a lot of well you can say we've done it We've done a lot of questionable science on this show. Um, but one bit of very, very important science that someone else has done, that's why it's important, because it was done by actual scientists. Um, to one-up an event that we had last week, someone sent a haggis to space, and this one managed it. This isn't the Chaiwala guy. This isn't an amateur. This is a man who knows about space. Um, who tells you the Chaiwala guy doesn't know about space? Yeah, that's true, actually. I made a terrible assumption there. Uh, <laughs> but he clearly didn't think it through because this haggis made it. Um, Where's the haggis from? Is it like typical Scottish takeaway haggis? or? Yeah, so th that's what I thought. But yeah, it's, it's just um, like packaged haggis. They haven't even taken it out of its box. Uh, <laughs> but it makes me question actually what's inside there. But... Um, this is meant to educate like kids. This is meant to get them interested in science. Um, they got me thinking like our, our parents, when they were growing up, got to sort of see, you know, man walk on the walk on the moon. And that got them excited and thinking, where could we go? What could we do next? And now we have to space. You know what? Apparently it seems to be like quite the fashionable thing to do to send food into space if you could yeah. do it what would you send to space oh hmm. see the issue is you don't want to pick food that you like really want because you know this this haggis was in the in the air for over two and a half hours oh wow and it traveled and it reached space yeah um very quick very quick haggis i wouldn't want to have to wait that long for my food uh and, you know, you've got no guarantee that it's going to come back. So maybe I'll put, I'm going to put something I don't like. And I don't really like Jaffa Cakes. And plus, Jaffa Cakes look a bit like a UFO. So sending them up to space would... But it just, it's just appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a way to look at it, yeah. Hmm. Would you send anything, anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I'll send something like some ice cream to see, like, if it was still frozen, like to which point it's like oh, yeah. melted and then froze again. Yeah, I'd like to think if you sent like a heavy enough ice cream up, it could um, sort of, you know, burn on the entry. You get like <laughs> gleaming ice cream, it'd be... If anyone actually understands how science works, can you tell us what would happen to the ice cream? Would it be melted? It'd be pretty cold. 
tell you something else that's cold, snow. And snow is going to be the topic of this week's lesson. Last week, we had a little bit of a talk about sea shanties. We learned what a Weller man is, just a Mr. Weller. Classic, yes. A bit, a bit surprising. And we learned uh, how to tongue a whale. So, you yeah. know, this is a very educational show. And this week, a bit of snow in the world. Uh, thought we'd learn a little bit about the white stuff. That white stuff not being cocaine, although in the past, when adventurers like to go around the world, some of maybe the British Empire's less questionable acts, we went to Antarctica. Um, but they used to just take cocaine on their trips in their first aid kits. Mostly uh, <laughs> because why not? There's nothing else to do. You're just in a barren white land. But also, apparently it stops you going blind to like, there's not much contrast down there, can't see much. And cocaine's meant to, you know, sharpen the eyes. Like <laughs> yeah, couldn't Jay just take a bunch of carrots? No, it had to be cocaine. That was just... I mean, you, you would justify it very simply, wouldn't you? Like, oh, I've, got, I've got to see down there. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation that this must have been in like the high ranks of the Royal Navy? And it was like, they just have to take cocaine. There's nothing we can do to stop them. Yeah, just, you've got, you've got the opium, perfect. <laughs> Send them off around the world. See, Let's see how far they get. To be fair, you'd be more willing to walk to the South Pole or somewhere with a load of cocaine. Yeah, so fair shout. May, may, maybe, it, maybe it didn't work for the reason they thought it did, may, but, you know, <laughs> got side effects. But it is surprising they could see anything at all because snow and... You sort of know this, but I think it's always worth pointing out, isn't white. It's just a sort of translucent, watery thing. You just perceive it as white. Yeah, it's just because it's a lumpy surface. It, uh, it diffuses a lot of the spectrum of light, and that's just why it appears white. So yeah. Next, so uh, there's only actually been one white powder in this story. And my favourite snow story from the past uh, somehow beating cocaine to see in the snow. Wait, just before you do that, we're, we might want to try, you know, ranking your favourite stories that you've told on this show. Um, okay. On a scale of one to exploding well, where would you rank this story? Well, it's it's from America, like the exploding whale, but Classic. they've approached it in... I'd say there's two ways you can be American. One is blow up the whale and the other is to write a law banning snow which is what one small city in New York decided to do in uh, the winter of 1991 to 92 when they got a little bit fed up of having to send out the snow plows to clear the streets um, you know make everything run they were done with this the council was thinking we're spending way 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 too much money clearing all of the snow and they, they just banned it. Um, there's an official law in uh, Syracuse which just banned snow until December the 24th of 1992. It was it was just illegal and it, it couldn't snow. So what happened when it did snow? Well, that's the thing, is that nature is a bit of a rebel. Doesn't really like your rules, does it? It doesn't actually, I can't actually tell you what happened. Uh, but I know that it did continue to snow 
and in fact it snowed considerably more than it had done before <laughs> ever um and i think there's there's some moral deep inside that, that i'm not going to fish out i reckon you can do that yourselves <laughs> <laughs> excellent well what a story you know what i think it's quite it's quite impressive and it's incredibly american yeah very very american what a law i wish i could do that <laughs> Just get to Westminster and go, hello, um, it hasn't snowed enough, so I would like to make it illegal not to snow during ISB yeah. in Bath. Well, it's the sheer confidence of it. Um, people doing stuff that you know it's not going to work, but hey-ho, <laughs> what if? <laughs> it's very much a like, why not situation. Just, yeah. you can't actually tell them it won't work. Yeah, true, it's quite classic. But there you go. That's my story. That's uh, that's what I've been learning about this week. Well, I've got I've got another story for you, and I think you'll quite enjoy it. It's about the Tunarama Festival, which takes place every year in Australia, and is going to celebrate its 60th birthday in 2022. Have you heard of this Tunarama Festival? I I haven't heard of Tunarama, and it worries me as a word. Can you guess what it celebrates? Please tell me it's tuna. Yes, it's like tuna and all sorts of fishing. Fish festival. Okay. Fish festival. And it yeah. notably includes their world famous tuna toss competition. Oh, I'm liking this now. This sounds very good. I would like to be here. So the entry is free for the record. Uh, you have to throw a 10 kilos rubber tuna to win this championship. And competitors travel from all over the world to see who can throw the fish the farthest. I would be so bad at this, but I so want to have a go. Do you reckon back in the day this wasn't a rubber fish? I like to think this started as a, you know, probably tuna. And for now, the record is twenty-four point seven meters. That's quite a tuna, heavy and big. That's a lot. Someone's actually quite good at throwing <laughs> and really impressive. it gets better because that's not the only thing that happens during tuna rama festival they also have a prawn toss competition a prawn peeling one a sand sculpture one a salmon toss and the record so far is 29.60 meters and a slippery pole competition as well as a watermelon eating contest this sounds incredible. I was disappointed about Glastonbury being cancelled this this year, but it sounds like I found something just as good. They, they do prawn peeling as a competition. Yes. Yes. I mean, I respect anyone who can peel a prawn because it drives me insane having to do that. <laughs> um, oh my god! Why can't why can't they just be pre-peeled? We can do so much in the world. Why would you ever serve someone? An unpeeled prawn it's just so much effort you spend so long trying to peel the prawn and then all of your food goes cold and there's like no meat at all in the animal um sorry this is a happy podcast let's go back to good things <laughs> i was lost in my own little world anything else to say about tuna rama festival no um i just you know mad respect to anyone who can peel a prawn effectively or quickly uh I respect anyone who could throw a rubber fish, Miles. Um, keep keep it up. So Australian. So, so Australian. Australian. I didn't know that this was Australian until like I heard this. 
it's so Australian, I wouldn't have ever conceived of it being not Australian. Yeah, but then oh. now that you know that it exists, it just makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not shocked in any way. Um, I'm just happy. I'm I'm happy that this exists and Australia is, you know, still doing Australia. Closer to home though, I would like to tell you about a similar contest that sadly was cancelled in 2020, but could be back soon. Could have more of this. Dorset knob throwing contest. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's it does what it says on the tin. Knob, you throw it. Um <laughs> And whoever can throw it the furthest, or maybe it's the straightest, wins. And this happens every year. They have a whole festival, Dorset knob throwing. Uh, just, yeah, throw your knob. It's interesting they managed to stick with um, stick with this name. I think it's probably their, like, big selling point, to be honest. Probably. Um, but a knob is it's essentially like a hard cake. It's almost a biscuit, and it's horrible. And you don't want to eat it. The best thing you can do is throw um, and yet it's the best thing to ever come out of Dorset. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, I've also got some other good news that I think would be quite a nice way to start the week. Mm-hmm. 35% of people in the world have read more books than usual since COVID began. Yeah, definitely. Certainly have. Who are the people you haven't? had So much time on your hands. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> The first ever space hotel is set to launch in 2024, 250 miles above the Earth. Does this just like float about? I think so, yeah. You can't go on holiday anywhere on Earth at the moment, so... Might as well. Pretty perfect timing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, what, what do you do on a holiday to space? You can't like lounge by the pool or, you know, see the sights. I mean, I guess you get to see earth which is sort of all the sites all of the sites in one I think, mm. how long would you go would you go to space for a holiday yeah i'd rather go to spain no like <laughs> space come on it's space like yeah but you only do it to like have done it i think when you're actually there it might be a bit dull i don't know at least you've done it yeah but think of like how the worst bit of any holiday is the flight and the you know the safety briefing at the start of the flight think how long that would be if you're going to space you'd have to do safety training but you'd be in space yeah there's nothing there moving on because i don't think we'll agree on that you're not (laughs) enough of an adventurer for this the number of wild tigers is increasing in bhutan china india nepal and russia those are the places i would expect the tigers so it's good to see that the tigers you know doing as I would expect. It's what they should be doing. Very good. Continue. We've also got Bridgerton Season 2 has been announced, which means that people in Bath will have something else to complain than students. I remember when they were filming it, it was it was sort of a mix of people being angry because filming on Bath Street, getting in the way, can't do my shopping, <laughs> and people going, oh, Netflix are filming in Bath. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to, you know, read both sides of that again. They get to do both. Nights Productions is set to be in springtime, so we've got still a bit of time to get ready. So you know how we have started to institute Awesome Person of the Week as a thing on this show? But this yeah. week, so we have an Awesome Person of the Week, but I would also like to highlight an awesome group of people of the week. Okay. 
Firstly, the awesome person of the week is an American called James Anderson, and he has founded DEFO, which stands for Disabled and Elderly Plumbing and Heating Emergency Response. It is a company which helps elderly people and those in financial need with free plumbing. So since he has founded it in 2017, he has helped more than 10,000 families. 10,000? Oh, yeah. I guess it's not just one man anymore. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's so busy. <laughs> That's great. I back that. We, uh, I mean, it's, there's nothing more stressful than like needing the plumbing done, as all of those adverts say. But yeah, do, doing a good job. Some good American news. Wow, America's doing quite well this week. It doesn't normally <laughs> win on this, does it? Not really, no. They, they're usually among the loser of the week. And the awesome group of people of the week is in Finland. And it's a community of, and I quote uh, the happy broadcast here when they call them badass grandmothers who are helping to curb climate change. They are called the activist mumot, which means the activist grannies. And since their start in the spring of 2019, almost 6,000 grandmas have joined to build a better future for their grandchildren. Oh, grandma's doing bits. Love it. Yeah. There's something about a grandma doing, you know, unexpected grandma activities. It's just sort of, you know, extra pure. Like, if it was just people doing good things, like, that would be a nice story. But grandma's, I don't know, gives an extra little, little bit of zest. <laughs> Very nice. I think that's quite quite a nice note to end this on. Yeah. I mean, to the grandmas. To the grandmas. This has been episode 12 of the Sunday Vibe Reset and you'll hear back from us next week.